This is an OSV Podcasts production. To learn more about OSV Podcasts Network, visit osvpodcasts.com. FRJ Ministry presents the Catholic Influences Podcast. Join me, Alyssa Aegis, and my co-hosts, Father Rob Gallia and Justine Hughes, as we break open the upcoming Sunday Mass readings and explore relevant topics and life issues from a Catholic perspective. For a shorter and more reflective explanation of the Sunday Gospels, be sure to check out our sister podcast, Catholic Influences, Father Rob Gallia Homilies. Welcome back to our Catholic Influences podcast. We're always excited, always ready, always studied up and always ready to help you prepare for the upcoming Sunday readings, the Sunday Gospel. How many of you ever go to Mass and are reading the bulletin during Mass? This time, this is not going to happen because you're going to know the Scripture more than the priest. Mm. When I was a kid, I used to make paper airplanes out of it. (laughs) (laughs) Living my best life. Did you used to throw them? Possibly. (laughs) Maybe when you got home. (laughs) I've been seeing like side bulletins that are like children's activities related to the gospel. And I just think that's such an amazing idea. We do that in our parish. We have coloring books as well. And then the Mm. um, children's ministry open it to the page of that. that. Yeah. Yeah. And then they color it in. I like that. Yeah. I don't know. That's uh, good for kids. Soft toys too. I get uh, soft toys thrown at me, um, mm-hmm. towards me, not at me. <laughs> oh, during the mass? <laughs> during the mass. Do you ever get like the runaway child who beelines for the altar and oh, the mom's yes. like, no! <laughs> and the mom is more of a distraction. Usually. Just <laughs> let the child be. <clears throat> Excuse me. One of the funny episodes I had was I was uh, um, celebrating mass and this child runs towards me in the middle of my homily and starts pulling on my vestments and going, Dada, Dada. <laughs> and I'm looking, oh no, what are they going to think? They're oh my God. Well, it was, she was saying, Father, f- Father, Father. Yeah. But the way she said it was Dada, Dada, Dada. And I'm thinking, oh, this was, I just looked around to make sure that nobody thought that I was, I was <laughs> the That's really funny. But on a serious note, I was going to say, parents, bring your kids to Mass because it's really beautiful to see. And um, if... You've had complaints thrown at you. I'm sorry. <laughs> Keep bringing them to Mass. I know it's difficult. Yes. Well, I don't know firsthand it's difficult, but I can see that it's a difficult Absolutely. thing. But it's worth fighting for. And look, for, for me, I would rather have screaming children than no children, mm. you know? Bring, bring your children over. Let them uh, try and control as much as you can. But they're part of the community, and they're part of the community that the church is poorer without. And so, and also, as a priest, the great admiration I have that you woke up extra early, whatever, yeah. spent extra time putting on the pajamas, running after the kids, getting everyone ready, and you're there. So thank you for coming with your kids as well. And if I'm ever at your mass and you bring your kids, give them to me. I'll, <laughs> I'll have them so you I can pray. <laughs> it's yeah, my favourite. <laughs> how good is that? Yeah, so like, and, and this is another thing I've seen as well, you know, a busy mama with three kids and there's someone and there's a parishioner who always does that. There's an Indian family that comes in with three or four kids and they're all young and there's always this woman who's in her 70s and she always meets them at the door and she says, okay, this child is going to stay with me during this Mass. Beautiful. And then she looks after this child, and she's the one that looks after the, the offertory at Mass, so she brings the child up with the offertory, so keeps the child uh, involved as well with, the, with Mass. So this is a, uh, this beautiful community coming together. Awesome. Love it. So there you go. So let's listen to our... This production would not be possible without the support of our FRG ministry partners and donors. 
Your ongoing support ensures that our online masses, online courses, podcasts, TV programs, school youth and parish outreaches continue to reach millions of people across the world. Please prayerfully consider giving a one-off donation or becoming an ongoing ministry partner. And join us in our mission to share the love of Jesus and his message of hope to the ends of the earth. Find out more at frgministry.com slash donate. Wonderful. Let's um, jump in to this week's um, reading. But before we do, I would love to just say a prayer with you from wherever you are listening from. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord Jesus, um, I just ask for your blessing over whoever is listening to this, wherever they are and whatever their day has been like, whether it's just beginning or ending or they're halfway through. I pray that you would grab hold of their heart in this time, Jesus. Hold them close and um, speak the truth, God, that they need to hear right now. Lord, make our hearts attentive to what you want to say, what you want to grow, what you want to refine in our lives. And um, may we just let you do that. May we just let you be God. Amen. So we're going to jump right into this Sunday's Gospel reading. This Sunday is from the Gospel of Matthew. It's chapter 23, verses 1 to 12. Then Jesus said to the crowds and to his disciples, The teachers of the law and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. So you must be careful to do everything they tell you. But do not do what they do, for they do not practice what they preach. They tie up heavy, cumbersome loads and put them on other people's shoulders. But they themselves are not willing to lift a finger to move them. Everything they do is done for people to see. They make their phylacteries wide and the tassels on their garments long. They love the place of honour at banquets and the most important seats in the synagogues. They love to be greeted with respect in the marketplaces and to be called rabbi by others. But you are not to be called rabbi, for you have one teacher, and you are all brothers. And do not call anyone on earth father, for you have one father, and he is in heaven. Nor are you to be called instructors, for you have one instructor, the Messiah. The greatest among you will be your servant, for those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Amen. Quick question. How, how did you... <laughs> did I say it wrong? Mo- Moses. Like, it was his seat. Moses' seat. Moses's, Moses's seat. Moses's. 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 Did no, I say it? Moses's. Did I say it wrong? Oh, is that what I said? <laughs> no, no. Oh, so Moses's. Clearly, it's Moses's. <laughs> it's Moses's. Did I say that? I thought you were going to comment on um, phylacteries. <laughs> phylacteries. Factories. <laughs> Anyways, fun Mo- times with the Gospels. <laughs> I saw all, some uh, people like slightly smiling and I thought it was going to throw me off and how bad that would have been but we're, no, we're here I'm sorry for being so trivial but it yeah. was just funny Moses is but did I say it wrong or did I not I think it's Moses seat and Moses the plural no it has to be because there's the apostrophe what do you think send Let us, us your know. comments let's vote about it is it the why Moses couldn't they just write Moses the seat of seat? Moses <laughs> the seat of the Moses seat. Problem solved. Okay. Speaking so, of that, we're going to talk a lot about that today. Maybe not just yet, but that's a big topic to so, talk about. 
So Jesus is talking to, uh, in this case, he's talking about the, the scribes and the Pharisees. First of all, this is interesting that he starts by praising them. He's telling them, hey, listen to them. Don't do what they do, but listen to them because he's acknowledging their authority because the authority was given to them through um, what we would call in the Catholic Church apostolic succession, but there's no apostles. So to the law was given to Moses and then to Joshua, to the elders, to the prophets, and then the prophets handed over the authority of administering the law to the scribes and the Pharisees, but the scribes and the Pharisees at this point were trying to, because they lost the spirit of the law, it's, they, at this point all they're trying to do now is to trivialize and make sure you obey things. They wanted to quantify it, they wanted to measure who's going into heaven and who is not. And so this becomes hypocritical at a point, and Jesus, Jesus is just saying, hey, you've lost the spirit of the law, let me bring you back into the spirit of what this is about. That's pretty much the entire gospel in a nutshell. Thank, Thank you for you. joining us. <laughs> we will move on. But no, I think we can break open these points a little bit more. Um, I think the first one, and which is one that I thoroughly enjoyed preparing for. So let me take you on a journey, everybody. Um, the scribes and the Pharisees, Jesus points out that they are legitimate teachers. They do have authority. But where did this authority come from? You told us about the apostolic su- succession. Which is not technically apostolic, is it? Because they're not, they're not apostles, but it's tradition. The, uh, I don't even know what you'd call it, but uh, like we'd call apostolic succession is that Jesus uh, anointed the apostles, the apostles, then the other apostles after that, and then we have the bishops today and the priests. And that's such a connection to this particular scripture and this particular um, teaching that I'm about to explain. So the chair of Moses, the Moses's. Chair, Moses. Moses' chair, <laughs> however you'd like to say it, you know what I'm talking about. Um, this chair was a stone seat that was placed in a prominent spot in Jewish synagogues. So it's reserved for the person who presided over the weekly liturgy. It symbolizes their authority. Um, but where does it, it come called? from? What's it called? <laughs> the seat. <laughs> oh, there's a Greek word for it. <laughs> no, Can you say uh, it? Cathedra. Cathedra. Oh, yeah. cathedra. cathedra. You say you call it the cathedra is the seat where... Also, where the bishop sits. So, it's his authority. It's very cool. Where does it come from? Let's go back to the book of Exodus, um, chapter 18, starting from verse 13, to be exact. So, Moses, in this passage, sits and judges the people of Israel. He does this from morning until evening. Um, He's settling disputes, informing people of God's teachings. But he's doing this quite a lot. It's quite time-consuming. And his father-in-law says he's going to tire himself out. um, And it's not good for him to do this by himself. So Moses takes his father-in-law's advice and he hires or chooses some trustworthy men out of Israel to share in this authority that was given to him by God. And these people had like different groups of people that they were allocated to look after. Some were allocated to look after thousands of people. Some were hundreds. Some were Mm. 50. Um, And so Jesus describes through the passing on of the law, through all of the people that you mentioned before, Father Rob, the scribes and the Pharisees were the modern-day men of Israel to judge, teach, and decide. Um, So that's how they're legitimate teachers. Yes. And so these legitimate teachers were, and Jesus acknowledges their legitimacy and says, hey, look, listen to these guys. They're they're legit. This is what their authority is legitimate. But the way they're making you do this is not right. They're telling you how to do it. And they're they're not leading by example. Mm, And I think that's the the one of the um, first points that I kind of gathered from it is that Jesus here isn't calling them out for, you know, trying, giving it a red hot crack, <laughs> mm. but then failing, you know, and that's what I would call, you know, because of human weakness or human imperfection. So he's not calling them out for that. He's calling them out for not even trying. 
They are like blatantly being hypocrites and it was it was known for knowingly and intentionally living something else in their lives, um, you know, and often we might say for saying one thing and doing another. So this is the critique that Jesus is making. Um, and it's so interesting because I really think that um, this kind of hypocrisy is what still kind of turns people away from the church today, mm-hmm. sadly. Um, there's nothing more that draws people away from Christ than Christians themselves. Like, how scary is that reality? Um, you know, whether it's an ordained person, you know, or a religious or even a lay person like me, you know, not living up to the faith that mm-hmm. we so strongly profess, you know, our, our um, convictions in. So, um, I think this is sometimes, this hypocrisy is what becomes the greatest obstacle for people um, encountering Christ. And the one quote I'm always kind of, that haunts me <laughs> is um, by Mahatma Gandhi when he said, you know, I like your Christ, but I do not like your Christians. Your Christians are so unlike your Christ. Mm. And it's like, whoa, please, why, Lord, yeah. may I never be that kind exactly. of Christian. And how difficult it is without relationship with Jesus, how mm. difficult it is without us spending time with Jesus. Because how do we know who, how, how did Mahatma Gandhi know the Christ? Because he read about him, because he, he learned about him, he meditated, he reflected on him. And many Christians don't do that. Yeah. They rest on the law, the things that they are doing and not doing. Now, I hope this is not many Christians, and I hope this is not many, especially who are listening here. Mm. But you see, this uh, it's about what he's talking about is religion. He's saying, hey, um, this religion has become a burden on people. When religion, faith, religion is supposed to give you wings. It's supposed to give you strength and joy mm. and not and it's supposed to carry you and it, it becomes a burden when you all of a sudden have to carry it when you have to carry the religion and when it becomes about a burden every day me trying to fulfill this promise when it becomes it becomes impossible mm. it becomes impossible so god is saying hey um don't lose what what uh, the, the the spirit of, of what this is about, which is ultimately to love God and love neighbor. Yeah. Mm. And we're losing all of that. It's not about us making our own way, earning our own way to heaven. And that's why um people will have often kind of looked towards me and maybe are shocked that a relatively young person believes in, in Jesus and goes to church. And they'll often say, are you religious? Mm. And I I say, no, nah, I'm not religious. I, I really love Jesus mm. <laughs> because I don't want to be put in that category. Yes. And um, I don't consider that a defining characteristic of me, <laughs> you know, especially if it's just attributed with doing certain actions and exactly. like living yeah. a deprived way of life because – I'm just that fanatic. Nah, yes. that's actually not me. I'm not religious, but I do love Jesus and I've given my whole life to mm. him and I'm imperfect, but I try and live that out. Yes. And I think it's important here just to clarify this point is that we, um, as as Catholics, and this is one thing I often say, we don't follow a religion. We follow a person. Mm. Now, religion is the system of beliefs that we have, that we've put together to help our, build our relationship with God, with community, mm. and to basically to love God and love neighbor. But if we're going to um, dwell on the system rather than the end, which is our relationship with God and our love for others, then it becomes dry, it becomes arid. Yeah. And you, like you, Justine is saying, she doesn't want to be identified as someone who is is um, living in the system as opposed yeah. to someone who's living That's in the relationship. That's what I was trying to say. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly it. <laughs> and it's really interesting what you're saying is like we shouldn't feel burdened by it. Like Jesus himself says... Um, in Matthew eleven twenty nine, 
um, you know, uh, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Mm. And particular to this scripture, that's the opposite of what the Pharisees are doing. They're making it heavy and burdensome for yeah. their for the Jews. So Jesus offers that sort of freedom and light, lightness. Um, yeah. So he's doing the opposite to what what they were doing. Yeah. Mm. Speaking of this. Um, spiritual pride and this hypocrisy of the Pharisees. Maybe let's break that open a little bit. So what were they doing? They they had this desire for praise. And I know mm. Father Rob's been dying to explain to us <laughs> what um, what it means when it says their phylacteries are wide. What what are they talking about? <laughs> so there were two things. There's the thassels, the phylacteries. The phylacteries, uh, we were in Jerusalem. And if you go to the men's side, you know, the men, they go to the wailing wall, which is they go to wail, to, to cry, to grieve, the, to lament the loss of the temple so they go to, but if you go there's a, a dividing wall in the middle the women go on one side and the men go on the other men wear um, a, sort of a hat I forgot what it's called a copper that's like I don't know um, and then they also wear phylactery they wear something around their shoulders which has um, tassels and then they wear a phylactery phylacteries they wear in two places it's a leather strap which they wear around their their arm and it has a box. And then they also wear a phylactery around their head. So they tie this leather strap and it, there's like a box in the middle of their head, which looks strange. But inside the box, there is the law. There's the Shema Israel Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Ehad. And the, the law of God, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, your mind, your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. So and th- this is uh, basically what is pasted on their head and on their arms. So they're saying, you know, like when we trace the sign of the cross mm. after listening to the gospel, mm-hmm. my mind, in my mouth, and in my heart. So that's what they're saying. It's in my mind and also in my actions, my hands, my hands that in that act. And what was happening is they these boxes were becoming bigger and bigger <laughs> and bigger. And it was like they like the real intention behind that. It wasn't I want a reminder of the law and I want a reminder, um, you know, to pray. It's let me show people how holy I am. And because I'm doing this, I'm going to get a seat of honor at a feast. I'm going to get greeted in the marketplace. And so they kept doing these things, not for love out of God, but because of the attention and the praise they were getting from the people. Um, and so Jesus is calling this out because the intentions were all wrong. Yes. It's like my phylactery is bigger than your phylactery. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> but I was even thinking about this as I, I, we were preparing, like, we can see some of this hypocrisy and spiritual pride, I guess, in our leadership as well. But oh, yes. I don't think you need to be in a position of leadership to no. show these qualities. Like, I, what are some examples of that? Like, we can be doing pious acts to show off to other people, mm-hmm. um, you know, super loud responses, um, look at the clothes that I'm wearing, look how I'm participating in this ritual. Like, there's so many ways that we can be spiritually prideful because we're trying to impress this audience. Mm-hmm. When really at the end of the day, we have an audience of one. And I mm-hmm. think that's important to remember. Yeah. yeah. And Jesus says that, like, when don't go when you pray, don't pray out loud in the streets. That's go to your right. room in the silence where, the, where God will hear you. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is... Um, also, this also happened with the tassels, right? The tassels w- was um, some. Most Jews today wear it around their neck, you know, like the prayer shawl or whatever. Mm-hmm. Even the veil, the women wear it as a veil. The men can wear it as ha- as half a veil, not a full veil, half a veil, and then they wear it um, over their shoulders. And it has tassels, so it's what they look like little rosary beads, you know. At the end, they're knots. There are about ten knots on each. And that is a reminder of the Ten Commandments. And 
also those started to become longer and longer and longer. It's like the Franciscans with their rosary beads. <laughs> <laughs> it's like my rosary is bigger than your rosary. <laughs> I love the Franciscans, not, but this, they, they don't do it for that reason. Yeah, exactly. It's, just, it's a proclamation. <laughs> but that's how it was. It was like the um, the, the tassels were, were becoming so long, it became ridiculous, you know? Like, look at my, my seamstress, whatever, made my tassels even longer than yours. And then there's a competition of whose tassels are longer. And again, it's always a public display of how pious, look how pious, look how holy I am, look how, how much um, I, how much humility I am, I'm the most humble person in the room. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And Jesus is inviting people to real humility. You mm. know, there's this reversal of status that he's on about that the Pharisees obviously aren't um, displaying, but he's just reminding his followers in this that, you know, the kingdom of God and his kingdom, it should be different, that you know, we should estimate greatness by how we serve people and mm. how we honour people, um, you know, not in the level of our leadership or, or how holy we can make ourselves appear to be. And um, my boss at work, her name's Melinda, um, she's a clever lady, she's a lawyer by trade, she's a pastor, a very influential woman, but she said that no status and no title is too great for you to unpack the dishwasher. Mm-hmm. And it's just that really human reminder of like, go and unpack the dishwasher. Like you're not yes. too good for that kind of stuff. And it's sort of um, that biblical reminder, like go and serve. And we know people like that, don't we? Like we know yeah. people who, who are, um, like I, I went to a parish once and to, um, in Italy, which was the one of the, the Lateran, like which is the head church of, of the of the church, it's like it's, it's not St. Peter's that is the, the main cathedral, it's the Lateran that's the main cathedral in Rome. And there was the guy vacuuming, and uh, we asked if we could um, go in. And apparently, he was the parish priest, he was the guy <laughs> in charge of the Lateran, he was vacuuming the place. But that's not only, um, yeah, and we, we all have these beautiful examples because if someone really loves Jesus, it doesn't, there's never um, service. And here's another thing I was just talking to another priest, you know. And uh, and one of the things that priests tend to do is, how was your day, Father? Or how how have you been? And the first thing, the most common answer that we would give is, busy. I've mm. been really busy. Mm. And this is something I really try. I try not to do. I say, you say, God, please forbid me to allow people to think that I'm too busy for them, yeah. or I'm too busy yeah. for this conversation, or I'm too busy um, to, to love them and to serve them. Because well, sometimes we come across and we try to show how much work and how much that we, we scare people off. We think, oh, I don't want to bother Father because he's so busy. Mm. And I think this this is an act, um, and in, not an act of, but we have to cause ourselves not to take pride in our busyness as well. Yeah, you know, and especially our business as priests in serving the Lord. Yeah, but it, that's what impacts. I think, like similarly, I was recently I'm um, given a free ticket, which mm-hmm. we love a good freebie to an archbishop's dinner. And I had no idea what it was. I just knew I got to What's dress up. What's he going up. to eat if you're taking his dinner? Well, ah, that's a bad joke. <laughs> Macca's drive-through. Um, and so the Archbishop rocked up, and I went to World Youth Day with him a few years ago. But straight off the escalator, he comes in and spoke. He came and spoke to me and my husband, which is still hey. weird to say. And um, he was just asking, "How are you?" And it, you know, two minutes went by, three minutes went by, five minutes went by. He's still chatting to us, and I was like, "Oh, Archbishop." I mean, it's your dinner. Like, if you have to go, he's like, nah. And he just kind of stayed in conversation with us. And I just, when he walked away, I was just kind of like, why would he have done that? And, and, and it's that um, presence. It's that, um, 
lack of busyness, you know, that really makes people feel loved. And I don't know. I, I, I thought that that was a true, yeah, that's one way of showing humility. Like you matter, you yes, know, this is a dinner that people are coming for, you know, for me, but actually you matter right now. And that's what they used to say about Pope John Paul II, that he was always so extremely present to people that the people who were speaking to him would f- forget he would forget that there's anyone else in the world it was just you and wow. and I imagine that's how Jesus was with us eh? yeah that's awesome and it's a beautiful but again to, to, Alisa, even while we're preparing you were talking about the connection of Jesus with the tassels which is something beautiful yes something I found out side note um, <laughs> in the story of the woman the hemorrhaging woman who touched the cloak of Jesus like she would have touched the tassels that we were talking about those long tassels and i think um a point that that can show us is jesus's humility in following the customs of his religion as a jew yes Mm. but also the connection with what we started with that jesus respect for the law Mm. because those are the ten commandments and it is the grace flowed from her touching the place of the law she touched the the place of the commandments the things that signify the commandments but jesus came to fulfill the law he came to to perfect the law and because of that she touched the place of the law and she was healed because of his power because of his presence because of his love and so again god doesn't throw away the law but he comes to perfect it every time amen encounter by frg ministry presents our online subscription package as a member you will receive digital on-demand access to encounters growing library of online courses Encounter and Encounter Youth online courses cover teaching, devotional, and practical elements of the Catholic faith to help individuals, teachers, students, and parishes across the world grow in their faith and understanding of the Catholic Church and their relationship with Jesus Christ. Current titles include Knowing Mary, School of Prayer, Introduction to the Bible, The Mass, and more, with new courses being added regularly. All Encounter courses include high-definition videos with expert and engaging speakers, testimonies from everyday Catholics, and downloadable content including interactive PDF guides, prayer cards, and wallpapers. These courses are also accredited for professional development for Catholic education staff in Australia. All Encounter Youth courses include teaching videos, interactive teacher and student PDFs with lesson plans, and guided prayer and reflection. For more information about enrollment and subscription options, head to www.encountercourses.com slash subscription. Be sure to follow us on social media on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Encounter Courses. We are loving all the questions that you guys are sending in to us. This is another one that was sent to us. How can I bring my family back to the church? Discuss. There are a few things that I would ask. I always ask a question for a question. Like it depends. There are different. First of all, I think one of the most important things for us to do is to live by example. If you're not going to church, then there's no way your family are going. If you're not consistent with church, then they're not going to be consistent with church. So um, you go at the level that you want their commitment. So that's where I would start off with. If if you're not taking church serious, if it's only when it's convenient, it's on when they don't see the sacrifice 
price of you putting things aside for it, there's certainly never going to be that fight to be there either because they don't see anyone else in the world fighting to go to church. So if they don't see it from you, they are not going to be able to have that fight. I love that as a point. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for the affirmation there, Alyssa. Um, I think uh, there are different... Um, ways that you can start you know there's many different ideas so I think in no order of priority my uh, contribution would be um, probably don't judge and perhaps rather than judging as to why if they used to come to church but they no longer come to church um, rather than judging take time to listen have you ever asked Mm. why or have you ever been a safe enough person that they felt wouldn't judge them um, to listen and to actually hear and receive and sit with them as to why they left and um, to hear it. And even if their answer, you know, is not necessarily one that you feel like is quote unquote good enough, a good enough reason, doesn't matter. Just love and and listen. And I'll tell you what, if you can build a bridge of trust with that person, watch the fruitful conversations flow mm-hmm. um, after that. Definitely. I think you've both touched on a couple of things that I wrote, Father Rob. Let them catch your faith and lead by example. Yes. Listen without judgment. Yes. <laughs> I was going to say, you can invite them, but without giving them pressure to come. I mean, I think we've got festive seasons or you can even make a day out of it. Say, let I'm going to take you to church and then let's go to lunch or just something where you can make a day of it where it's not attached with pressure. Um I think sometimes we can complain they don't come, but we actually don't invite them. Like I know I've fallen privy to that. Um, and also like know that they can't read your mind. So the invitation <laughs> is important yeah. as well. Um, and I was just going to say a couple of tips for you. Like don't be discouraged if that invitation gets rejected. Um, perhaps the timing's not right. Um, and they re- might remember this or something you've – like don't be afraid to share your faith with them, but don't be um, discouraged if it doesn't happen in that timing. Like yeah. They might be going through a difficult period a few years in the future and they might remember something, oh, she said this and I think I, maybe I will take you up on that offer. Um, and also don't discount your prayer and fasting for them as yes. well. Just to clarify as well, that, but if you have young kids, you know, I mean, sometimes it's, it's good to assert your authority and, and even make mm. the kids go, even if they don't want to go, because there's, suddenly they don't want to go to school, they don't, but then they appreciate the education. They don't want, you see, I think it's important as well for us also to be consistent in the discipline of mass, not one week when they want or when they had a football match the night mm. before, they're exempt from it. No, Consistent, be strict, and bring them to mass because it is a habit. It is it is a, a, a healthy habit that is being built. Another thing I would say also is find a healthy parish. Mm. Find a parish that is welcoming and 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 that has good pre a good preacher and a good liturgy, a healthy liturgy, good music as well. And sometimes they're difficult to find, but especially if you're taking guests with you and also. For example, our parish, we have um, great liturgy, we have good preachers, and then not only that, we have, like, my the parish priest I work with, he's so good with hospitality, mm-hmm. it's just mm-hmm. incredible. He organizes, um, like, he opened a cafe, and, and, and this fellowship is important because there's the build, building of community. Another thing also is take them to special occasion liturgies, sometimes they're beautiful as well. Uh, like Easter Sunday or Christmas. These are 
beautiful. Usually a lot more work has been put into the liturgies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you read your read your crowd, you know yeah. what I mean? If they're going to get, they're going to think, oh my goodness, this is an hour and a half. This is two hours. I can't bear this. But we'll do what I did and invite family to an Easter vigil and don't tell them it's two and a half hours. Ours <laughs> 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 isn't two and a half hours, but some liturgies are. Yeah, some really good liturgies. It, it, it was beautiful. I loved it. It was very long. Um, I, as you were saying, that point about exert your authority over your children, I was just going to say, if you might be in a, situ- a situation where it's the other way around and you're a child and or a young person and you're the one driving the faith, mm. um, not to like think of this, like I think I was thinking of Carlo Acutis, who his example of his faith was so strong that his parents both caught that and were like, mm. our son taught us the importance yeah. um, of taking our faith seriously. So I think it can go um, mm. both ways. Yeah, so again, it's it's important as well to pray and fast. Uh, mm. So you you said that point and you said it quickly, but it, it, don't underestimate that. Pray and fast, ask for wisdom as well before asking them. How can you bring them to Mass? Um, and by asking, don't forget to <laughs> ask. You know. mm. So um, anyway, we're grateful for you and we're thankful for this um, episode as well. I hope now that... Um, when the priest gives the homily, you know exactly what phylacteries and tassels yes. are. <laughs> and if you're reading, oh no, you're not going to read. If you're a priest out there listening, um, it's Moses's chair, seat of Moses, whatever's easiest. I just wanted to make mention of our upcoming Advent retreat. These three gifts. So many special guests, fitministry.com forward slash events for all the info. Stay tuned with us on social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, catholicinfluencerspodcast.com. And this week also share an episode, maybe this episode or another episode with a friend. Or with your family. With your family, yes. Just um, don't end this episode without making a bookmark, finding the link unless you're driving and sending it to, to someone who you know might appreciate this podcast. Hello, if you've been, if you're one of the people who's had this episode shared with you, we are so glad you tuned in. <laughs> Love it. Grateful. We'll speak to you next week. God bless. Ciao. Bye. Happy Sunday. This has been a production of OSV Podcasts. To learn more, visit osvpodcasts.com.